the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello again, and welcome to Worldview Media Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Runyon, and with me in the studio today is a young woman who has uh, educated many men on the folly of standing in her way. This is my wife, Joyce. Hello. Hello. We're reviewing the movie True Grit today. Yes. And And Western. <laughs> and Western. In our ever expanding category, genres, mm-hmm. we've come to a classic John Wayne Western. And I have to admit, I think it's been since the 70s since I saw it. I don't know. Have you ever seen it? No. That was my first time to see the movie. There are a, uh, <clears throat> a few genres I don't really see, <laughs> Westerns being one of them. <laughs> So, all right. So you were not very enthusiastic about seeing this movie, then. Is that fair? That's fair. And now that we have seen it, how do you feel about it? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't a bad movie. I think for the time frame that it was done, it was really done pretty well. You know, there. Um, I think what took me by surprise. A lot of it was with the casting, because you had the parents uh, on the little farm. Well, the little farm, I guess it was a large property. But um, in today's casting, that dad would have been like the grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) And the mom would have been probably like the grandma instead of the mom of of an infant and an older daughter and probably an elementary child. So... um, I was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> this is a little bit different. Um, well, it was a different time with casting, so. Did you notice the casting of Glenn Campbell? I did. At the height of his career? I did, and I was a little surprised at how everything turned out. <laughs> right. So Glenn Campbell played a Texas Ranger named LaBeefcake. LaBeef? LaBeef. LaBeef. LaBeefcake. And, uh, I don't know if there's any cake on that, was there? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's Glenn Campbell. He's at the height of his career. He's a good-looking guy, and there he is. That's what I suspected. Ah, I see. That's why he got the nod for the part. Could have been. So, in this movie, John Wayne plays a federal marshal named Rooster Cogburn, mm-hmm. and the lead female part is a teenage girl named Maddie and her father is murdered early in the picture Mm -hmm. and Maddie sets out on a quest to get justice for her father and make sure that the perpetrator the killer gets what's coming to him yeah specifically she wants to see him hanged yeah and so she decides that the course of action for her the right move is for her to find a man with true grit who can 
lead her into the Indian territories yep. and find this bad guy. Because that's where all the bad guys go. They go to the Indian territories. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now this Maddie girl, it'll be important later. She's an interesting character. I noticed in the summary of the movie that it called her a tomboy. And I don't think that was true. There was nothing... She wasn't dressing like a boy. No. She wasn't doing boy things. No. But what she was, and maybe it was tomboyish in the 70s, she's very assertive, and she won't take no for an answer. She has a plan. Yeah. She's not afraid of men, and she'll tell them to their faces when they're acting like beasts or yeah. acting less than they should. Mm-hmm. And she she definitely does call them <clears throat> on questionable behavior. <laughs> yeah, she won't put up with it, and she won't take no for an answer. Yeah. I respected her character. I was really kind of impressed with the character in that she had a plan, and she thought strategically about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. She didn't try to... She didn't try to compete in a man's world, so to speak, yeah. with physical force or threats of that or anything, but she she well, figured out ways. And in the same vein, you know, she wasn't using feminine wiles to uh, yeah. have people succumb to her will. You know, you'll no, do this right. for me because look at me, I'm, right. you know, she's a really a plain girl, um, but she's, she's very... Uh, honest yeah she's very honest very straightforward and like i say she was very <clears throat> persistent and yes men tried to get rid of her and she just wouldn't be gotten rid of and until they finally realized it's going to be more of a headache to keep dealing with her than it is <laughs> just let her come along give her what she wants yeah so if you had to overall grade the movie is it a is it a thing that you would recommend to somebody or yeah i think i'd probably give it like a b plus that's probably way better than what you were thinking you were gonna grade it yeah yeah i think so and i think some of that is just i think when i think of western you know it's just a bunch of cowboys and doing cowboy things and i just really don't eh, that's not me and this really it was a western but it really was more um that was the setting of it. It was Western in the setting, but it was really a story about justice. Right. The quest for yeah. justice. And so, yeah. you know, how do you, it wasn't really a Western in that way. It was Western in that it was set in that setting. They had marshals. There wasn't really a lot of cowboys, you know, <laughs> right. there were the bad cowboys, I guess. Yeah. But I think for me, I had a problem with just the, Maddie being that character in that time frame, I, I saw that as really unlikely. Really? You know, that she would be the one going to take care of all this stuff instead of her mom being the one to come and take care of all this stuff and she'd be the one left at home to take care of the kids and everything else. So for me, that was a little bit far-fetched. You know, I don't see in my own circumstance that I would have sent any of my daughters out to take care of this business. You know, it would have been something that I had done myself and they'd be taking care of whatever needed to be done at home. Yeah, but they kind of, in their defense, they kind of did set that up in in portraying her as 
basically running the business of the ranch. She might. Well, not she knew a lot there. of information, and she probably kept up with like money and stuff like that. But it just, to me, yeah, I it seemed it. a little unfeasible right. for a teenage girl in that era yeah. to go out and say, you know, you're not going to mess with me. You're not going to take advantage of me. You're not going to do right. these things. And period. And right. so that just very unlikely <laughs> you know I, I've had teenage daughters <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well I can I can agree with some of that but I thought for for the character that she was and doing what she was doing I, I was I was really surpri uh, surprised I guess by how much I enjoyed the movie mm -hmm. I know I did see it when I was a little guy yeah and is maybe six or seven or something, but uh, I didn't remember much about it except the snake pit. And well, ah. that did scare me. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. We live in rattlesnake country, <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay, so I think we both probably were pleasantly surprised, enjoyed it more than we thought we would. I was counting on it being a pretty good movie, but uh, didn't remember it enough to anticipate anything so but i i was surprised like you were all right so let's take our break and we'll come back and we'll focus on running true grit through the meat grinder of the mm. biblical covenant and seeing what kind of sausage we wind up with at the end <laughs> the reconstructionist radio podcast network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. And we're back, and we're talking about True Grit and the Five Point Biblical Covenant. I was I actually woke up a night after we had watched this, mm -hmm. and just in the middle of the night, woke up, and my head was filled with the <laughs> thought that, man, there's a lot of worldview material in that True Grit movie that I wasn't really expecting. Uh-huh. Now, the five-point biblical covenant, we use that as a lens to uncover what sort of worldview is being preached in the media that we're looking at. The f and I haven't said this in a while, but if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with the five-point biblical covenant, I'd recommend you get a book by Ray Sutton called That You May Prosper, Dominion by Covenant. And that's that's the major book that will unlock your understanding of what we're doing here 
and why we think the biblical covenant model is important. So anyway, the first point in that covenant is transcendence, where we talk about who is ultimately in charge. Uh, we can ask questions like, how are characters redeemed? Who is the creator? Who's the ultimate lawgiver? And to be honest, I will just say I didn't think there was a lot of explicit stuff about transcendence here. Yeah. But the way the covenant works, the second point then is representation, and we ask who represents the transcendent power. Mm -hmm. And I think what we have then with the girl Maddie, she's such a representation of of the transcendence in the movie that by looking at her, I think we can get a glimpse of what's going on transcendence-wise. So I don't know if you had any thoughts about transcendence or anything occur to you. Uh, I thought maybe a little bit with the, the judge, the hanging judge, and that he was, you know, he always passed a sentence and then he always made sure he was there to see that the sentence was carried out um, in the best manner possible. And so he was the one that kind of determined what the punishment was, if it was appropriate, um, that the charges brought up against these people were valid. And so he's not a big character in the, right. you know, but he, I kind of saw him as the person that's dealing out the law, who should know what the law is. And then uh, of course, uh, rooster. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he's a, he's an arm of the transcendent power, <laughs> oh, okay. but he dances kind of on the line. Sure. You know, yeah. he's not as straight shooting as maybe, some other right. deputies might be, and uh, I think we see that that comparison between the Texas Ranger and him when he comes in, and and he's like, well, you know, maybe that's not quite right, and he's like, you know, I'll do it my way, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll get the job done, and so you you see that interplay between the one who's like, this is the right way to do it, and he's like, well, this is another way to get the same thing done. Maybe it's not quite exactly as right yeah. as what you want to do but it, right. it'll have the same accomplishment right <clears throat> well the thing that impressed me about maddie uh, you kind of started talking about representation there and there were several things about her that i thought pointed to transcendence and the first thing that struck me was that she really did have this idea that everything is created for a purpose and the the little innocuous way that that comes around is that she really blamed Rooster's cat, the general, for being lazy and not taking care of the rat <laughs> yeah. problem and stuff. You know, when she was putting them outside, she said, that's, that's your job and you're failing at that. Mm. And in the same way, that's kind of how she approached all the rest of the characters. You know, the marshal's job is to do this. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't scared to tell him, this is your duty and you're failing at it. And, yeah. and I'm not going to let you fail at it. I'm going to hound you until you do what you're supposed to do. Which points to a transcendence. If the cat has a duty and the marshal has a duty mm -hmm. and she as the relative of the murdered man she has a duty to make sure justice is done that kind of points to a transcendence and a orderliness to to all things it's not just the things that are a duty um 
you know, she was, I, I think she quoted scripture and was saying, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And with the drinking and with the gambling and playing cards and doing things that are inappropriate, she, she calls all that out. But it's not just, this is what your duty is. It's, you know, you're doing things that are wrong. Oh, right. <clears throat> Well, yeah, but I think that when she had to get a hold of a man and get him to do the right thing, she generally grabbed at the duty that he was under, you know, mm -hmm. and and that's how she, that was her end. You have a duty to do this. Well, yeah, but then she, her other thing was that, okay, that's your duty, but I'm going to pay you to make right. sure we get this done. Right. And because I'm paying you, you'll do it the way I want it done. Yeah, that was the other thing. Once <clears throat> she paid... Because she didn't trust the, she didn't trust the officers of the law to do what they were supposed to do just because they were supposed to do it, and she basically then hired them to do their job, mm -hmm. and anybody else that she paid money to, man, she expected I paid you for this yeah. and you're gonna do this. And, yeah. Well, and then it put it in in her terms. Yeah. You know, this is a contract between us. And she was really big. You signed yeah. this. You, <laughs> This is our agreement. I'll do this for you. You do this for me. And you signed this saying that this is what we've agreed to. Right, right. And that's how she got things done. Like I say, she was kind of in a rough and tumble world with cowboys that some of them had just as soon spit on you as talk to you or, yeah. or shoot you or whatever. And she didn't resort to those sorts of tactics, but she found ways that were upright and honorable in order to yeah. press her case. And Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But still, in my mind, for a teenage girl to do that... Oh, she was extraordinary, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Far-fetched. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unrealistic. Not likely. <laughs> All right. Uh, the other thing that got me is... In dealing with the Marshall Rooster, John Wayne's character, mm -hmm. and then the Texas Ranger, Glenn Campbell's character, she didn't just trust them to do the right thing, as we've already mentioned. And to me, that's a lesson that conservative Christians need to learn. Because she didn't have this idea that just because she was dealing with men who had badges and had been sworn in, mm -hmm. she had no illusion that they were somehow not fallen sinful men who could just be trusted because they had a badge and a gun and she that never crossed her mind she was going to stay on them and make sure that they did what they were supposed to do and and so yeah. and she wanted to make sure that this man was brought to justice and for her justice was to come before a judge to pay have to confess his crimes and then to be pen punished for yeah, him. Yeah. You know, that's what she wanted. She didn't just want this man killed. She wanted, um, she wanted justice and justice was the, the whole concept and that's why well, she's going and, and that's why she's paying for it. And that's why she's not going to let up on him because she wants it done her yeah, way. Yeah. But she didn't trust it was going to happen at all. Unlike many conservative Christians today who think just because a man has a badge and a gun, it means that he's automatically honorable. Someone trustworthy. Or, yeah. Okay, so let's move on to point two where we talk about ethics and what were the what were the moral dilemmas or ethical concerns that were displayed here. Well, you know, it goes back with 
what do you do about her dad being being shot and killed for trying to help a guy? Yeah, right. So do you think that she was after revenge or, or was she after justice? It's justice. What makes you say that? Because she could have hired anybody to go in and just kill the guy. Yeah. That's not what she wanted. Oh, okay. She didn't want him just dead. Right. She wanted him to come face the trial. Yeah. She wanted to have him be condemned for what he had done, yeah. not just someone shoot him and call it over. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I would say the same thing. It reminded me a little bit of the, the law of the Bible makes a provision for cities of refuge mm -hmm. in a couple of different places. And, yeah. and the city of refuge was where someone who would, had killed a man but was contending it was manslaughter and not murder. Yeah. You could flee to the mm -hmm. city and be safe within its boundaries until the trial happened and, and all of that. But it, it mentions, at least in Numbers 35, that the one that's coming after him and, and might kill him is called the Avenger of Blood or mm. the Blood Avenger. And I did some looking on that, and there's some speculation among the commentators that what that points to is that, like, the next of kin had the right of redemption for a piece of property. And they believe that back in the ancient world it was fairly common practice that if a man was murdered mm -hmm. the next of kin had the right of revenge and could actually be the one to go and, and put the guy to death and I kind of see some of that going on here you know I agree with you I think Maddie was more into justice than she was into revenge but here she is as you know next of kin close relative at least of of the man that was killed, and she's out chasing him and make sure, making sure he doesn't get away with it, you know. Yeah. The other thing that I thought, I had mentioned how it was advertised as her being a tomboy, and I didn't think that was right. And, and it strikes me that here we have this very strong female lead character, but she's decent, and she's honorable, and she's not... She's not descending to anybody's level in order to get in their world, you know. And mm -hmm. uh, it strikes me that in modern feminism, I didn't come up with this, but I think it's funny and it's accurate. The, the two leading tenets of modern feminism seem to be, one, all men are pigs, and two, women should be treated like men. <laughs> Or, and women should become like men. And this Maddie, I think she was a feminist in the highest sense of the word. That she wasn't trying to be a man. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't ashamed of being a woman. But she wasn't going to take any crud off anybody either, you know. And, and didn't descend to, she never dishonored herself in any way even though she was tough, and, and really, she was looking for a man with true grit, but I think part of the point of the show is that she had true grit, and yeah. and, and she was the one that was pressing on and, and not taking no for an answer and all that. So I thought she represented kind of a genuine sort of feminism in that way. 
Yeah, I could agree with that. <laughs> I could agree with that. But, uh, you know, I think just the, the term feminism... It bugs you. <laughs> yeah, and, and people get this picture in their mind of what that is, and uh, it's distorted. You know, I think in, uh, in the Bible, in Scripture, God says there's not male or female anymore, and so there's, not, uh, there's no disparaging place for a woman within God's family. You're not less than, you're not more than. Um, I think you've, you've said, you know, it's all level at the foot of the cross, and, and you don't have to say you're worthwhile or you're worthy or, or you need to respect me because it's just not necessary. Because that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I get you. I, I don't, I don't use the term feminism regularly. I just felt like, I just felt like Maddie herself was. If we're gonna have feminists, this is how they ought to be. You know, <laughs> in terms of. Well, and she's just an unusual character all the way around because I don't, I don't see her mom being like that in the little brief vignette we have with a the mom there. I, the other lady in the picture, I think, is the boarding house lady, and she's certainly not the same type of oh, character. Right. She's very unusual. <laughs> very unusual. Right. Okay, Any anything else under ethics that you had? I think when Maddie's taken by the, the gang, uh-huh. and, you know, they've had this girl that's just driven them crazy... Uh-huh. And the guy tells him, you have to leave. You have to leave her here with me or I'll kill her. And, you know, she's she's thinking, oh, they're not going to leave me. And then they do. <laughs> and I think she was really, I think that really kind of threw her for a loop. Like, well, now what? Here I am in the middle of nowhere with all these bad people. And now what's going to become of me? And so I think that was a shocking place where she found herself in because she had she had been in control fairly much for the whole yeah. you know for the whole ride and here you know things have gotten out of control and she's no nowhere where she thought she was going to be. Right. Okay, so we come to point 4 and its sanctions and we ask the question do our characters kind of get what they deserve or and this is where we might talk about things like character arcs. Do we see growth in characters, or do we see redemption happen for them, or anything? Uh, the bad guys all get what they deserve, right? They all wind up dead. I believe that's correct. Maddie gets what she was looking for, the justice that she was after. Mm-hmm. Now, it's obvious there, it was a personal thing. She wasn't disinterested. She had a personal interest, and in, yeah, and so she she finds some closure there. To use the modern term, you know, revenge never satisfies. But I think the final scene with her, you can see that she's still the same person she was before. You know, so yeah. it's not like she's now freaked out because she's still angry or something like that yeah i think that's probably right and then now glenn campbell's character was the lawman who turned out to be a pretty decent guy Mm -hmm. even though it was questionable at times and he winds up kind of giving his life in order to save her and rooster from the snake pit 
Yeah. Or anyway, he winds up dead. <laughs> Let's say that. He winds up dead. Which I was really surprised that he really wound up dead. That that yeah. surprised me. Almost thought, well, he'll get better. Well, you know, yeah. they'll go back and get him and he'll be fine. But, you know, I guess those were... Those were bad times to right. yep. have your head cracked open or That's something. Right. So, <laughs> and I almost thought, well, he's still kind of, still, as a guy who lives by the sword, you kind of, it shouldn't be surprising if you wind up dying by the sword, you know. Well, yeah. I guess. As a general rule, yeah, you have exceptions like King David, who yeah, lived a long life and died naturally, but. Generally speaking, if you're going to live a violent sort of life, it shouldn't shock you if that winds up taking its toll at the end. Yeah. The only other one to talk about then is Rooster Cogburn. And yeah. sanctions in dealing with him, not so clear, I think. Did you see any kind of character arc with him? Or? I think this girl changed him. Was it a gradual change that you I saw through was. the movie? I think or? it was. I think at first she just irritated him. Right. Oh, sure. And yeah. then, okay, this kid's got money, and I'm going to do this anyway, so sure, I'll let you pay me. And he agreed, yeah, you can come with me. And then it was a lawman that said, no, no, she can't come. She's an irritating child. We can't have her here. <laughs> but, of course, she'd already paid. They had the contract. She was going to be there one way or another. But you see that with... You know, they just didn't leave her, which she thought they had. You know, they circled back, came around, and rescued her. Rescued her twice, at least, because then she fell in the snake pit, and they got her out again, and bit by the snake, and rushes her out of there, does what he can, makes sure she's she's okay. Yeah. And then at the end, you know, he gets a, a bonus. He gets paid a little bit more. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and goes out. You know, the the ending scene is him going out to her property. And, you know, they're talking at the grave area where her dad's buried. And she says, okay, well, you know, my, my brother's going to be over here. My little sister, this is their spot. And my mom's going to be over here. And I'm going to be here by my dad. And, and I want you over here by me. And so he's like, what? <laughs> you want me here over by you? And... So there was a shift in, I think, how they looked at each other because of what they'd gone through. And just, I think she was a wake-up call for him in a lot of ways. Someone who'd say, you know, you need to not drink. You need to be responsible. You need to take care of yourself. You need to... Or drink in moderation. Yeah, yeah moderation, yes. <laughs> That's probably more what she said. But there were, you know... He had to think about some things that he hadn't yeah. thought about in a long time, and that people just probably didn't call him on either. Right. You know, he's too scary. Yeah, he he does whatever he wants to. You're, right. you're crazy if you tell him otherwise. But yeah, so there was some change in him, and he even admits during the story that he's done some bad stuff himself. <laughs> you know, got ran out of a couple different territories and states, and. Uh, you know, he didn't understand why they were upset with him to begin with, and then he starts working for the law. So, you know, he's a he's a card, yeah. Rooster is. But I, I think at the end, he's not as rough around the edges as maybe right. he had been. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with that. There's some, there's definitely some change, some kind of reigning in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, but it's it's maybe not as much as you might, hope for you know uh the last scene the last picture is him kind of 
being a bit of a show off and an idiot on, on the back <laughs> of his horse, you know, and just to show that the fat man could still ride and, and could uh, jump over a fence. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of want to say rooster, have you learned nothing? But, but that's what I did. But I'm kind of with you there. I do think there was some change taking place in him as a character and probably her as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the only other thing that I was going to run by you, here's my theory that I think that although her Maddie's major focus was justice and not revenge, mm -hmm. I think clearly there was clearly it was personal. And when she accidentally did shoot her dad's uh, killer, mm -hmm. she was not upset about that. You know, she was, in fact, she was kind of happy about that. And then after doing that, she falls into the pit with the snake. Mm -hmm. And while she's trapped there, then the guy, her dad's killer, falls into the same pit, dead. So for a little while, it's Maddie and the man she had been hunted, hunting, and they're both at the bottom of a pit with a deadly snake mm -hmm. that's going to kill them. And what I'm asking you, is that metaphorical then? Did her, did her hatred for the man basically make her the same as him? They both wind up in the pit, so to speak, and she winds up being bit by the snake and there's biblical symbolism in that and, you know <laughs> am i am i stretching it too far or is that a valid symbol uh, well you did wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> right it struck me in the middle of the night mm, i don't know i don't know <laughs> you're not buying it right away uh, you're gonna have to twist my arm a little oh, bit maybe no. i don't know no because then we'll get the whole domestic violence thing again <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> so the guy winds up in the pit because the other guy shoots him and he falls in right she winds up in the pit because the guy pushes her in the pit right. or she's going after something i really don't remember exactly why she got in there um or is the recoil of the gun she tried to shoot him again and... did she try to shoot him again i think maybe so, so. but she shot him to begin with the first time because... It was a bit of a misfire. Well, um, no, I think she felt like her life was in danger. And so she shot at him because he was coming towards her with a rifle. Yeah. And she shot him. And he was like, oh, I didn't think you were going to shoot me. Why'd you shoot me? <laughs> you know, well, yeah, I'm going to shoot you. I think she did what she what was right to do. You know, you shouldn't... Yeah. She you should can, not defend she's yourself. She's allowed to defend herself. So... Yeah. I don't see that as revenge. I just see that as I'm going to protect myself and I have a gun and I'm going to use it. And so there's nothing wrong with that. It wasn't just like, oh, there you are. I'm going to shoot you. Okay. So basically you're out on the snake pit symbolism then. I think you could do some symbolism there, <laughs> but I wouldn't say, now tell me again, what's the snake pit thing? <laughs> Well, the pit itself represents death and destruction, and, yeah. and then it's symbolic that there's a snake in there, and it really does get her mm -hmm. after she's been trying to kill this guy that killed her dad, and just there's a symmetry there that she's now on a quest to kill this guy that killed her dad, and they're both there lying in the same pit, and then it's her, 
her relationship with Rooster, then that winds up rescuing her. Just like she kind of rescued him through their relationship. Oh, come on. <laughs> That's, uh, that's well, top shelf. That's top shelf symbolism right well, there. Well, there's some symbolism, all right. <laughs> there is, there's some stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know what to say. I thought that was a home run right out of the box. Well, I can kind of see what you're saying. Is it a stretch? Are you stretching for these things? <laughs> Are you reaching? You know, what about the guy who winds up dying? He's really the one that gets him out of the pit. It's not Rooster. <laughs> so, so what about him? How does he fit into all this? Who's willing to sacrifice himself? You know, see, to... the, the border of the symbolism is within the pit itself. Oh. Things but outside Rooster was the... stuck in there himself. He, he wasn't stuck. He couldn't get her out. He came down with the rope and all that. Yeah, but her arm was broken. She had the snake bite. He couldn't get her out. Well, he had help. But... <laughs> well, I just didn't know how far the symbolism stretched. <laughs> to the border of the pit. It doesn't matter. <laughs> to the border of the pit. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's on the top. Well, I could go with the symbolism that there is the pit. There's the two people in there. It's a dangerous place full of death. Yeah. And one of them thinks that they're alive. You know, I, I could see that being kind of relational to our society now that, you know, that pit is there. There's death all around you, but you'd think, well, I'm okay. There's death everywhere else, but I'm okay. And the, the reality is, no, don't you see where you're at? You're not okay. You're you're as much trouble as this dead body that's just right here next oh, to you. Oh boy, you're you're stretching the symbolism way beyond what I was. <laughs> but you know there was that skeleton in there from somebody else who had got thrown in the pit or right. died or whatever. So. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, so my symbolism was thin, <laughs> and I'm yours that stretches it more. Well, I'm your just, symbolism I'm... covers the whole face of the earth. <laughs> It's just more encompassing because, well, do you agree or do you not agree? Oh, of course I agree. <laughs> well, of course you do. No, no, no. For real. Well, I like my symbolism better, but because mine's more specific. To? She was willing to become a killer just like that other guy and wound up in a pit. <laughs> with that guy <laughs> have you been drinking <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> alright well we should put an end to this I guess no more symbolism no more symbolism the last point of the covenant very quickly is is succession and, and how does it look like these things will continue and I think Maddie doesn't anticipate having her own family. And Rooster anticipates that she will. Mm -hmm. And in that instance, I think Rooster was probably right. She just, you know, she hasn't met the right guy. But Well, she's a very unusual girl. She is unusual. And it would take someone uh, special. <laughs> right. 
to to be the the husband that she would need. Right. And I think that would be that might be hard because she is so outspoken, and um, I think she's gonna scare away people. <laughs> <laughs> But she does seem like the type of she, if she does remain single, she's probably not going to sit at home and cry about that or, or be no, I don't, upset. No, I don't see her being, you know. She has gifts and talents. So yeah. And it was really kind of sad because I think she was getting soft on the, the Texas Ranger guy. You know, I think she was softening towards him and then there he went and got his head cracked open and died right. you know yeah, there there could have been something there and maybe that's what she was thinking that you know maybe that guy could have been but now he's not and so oh, i'll just yeah if you can't have glenn campbell then if you can't have old beefcake the <laughs> beefcake and it's all bets off then. yeah but uh i don't know and then you know her dad's not there anymore and so i think that's always hard on a girl too to not have their dad around. But know. maybe she has the brains of the operation there and she just has too much work to do. <laughs> That's the impression I got. She was telling her dad how to run things before he left. And he may have been indulging her a little bit. Yeah, I think probably so. All right, True Grit. Hmm, wasn't so bad. Not so bad. I think overall I'd probably give it a, a high B+. Plus. Mm, so we're in agreement. Yeah, we're in agreement there. <laughs> that's good <laughs> we have it's many other things time. to hash out <laughs> well you know we don't always have to agree yeah that's right that's true grit and I think the one thing that I came away with is you can have a you can have a movie a western or any other kind of genre that is really pretty heavy on worldview content and mm -hmm. it, without having to be preachy and i really thought that this movie accomplished that and kind of maybe points the way for christians and or at least, at least gives some good examples to take a look at yeah and you know it really it wasn't a bad movie there wasn't language there wasn't right and it was funny uh, it had its yeah there was had, a lot it had of funny some parts. comedic parts and there wasn't any questionable scenes with clothing or not with clothing and uh, it was just that was kind of refreshing that you didn't have to be like oh, oh, what was that and <laughs> right and oh my my goodness why are they talking like that and <laughs> right, right. you know she was uh, she was sharp-witted and she got her her meaning across clearly and succinctly, without having to resort to yeah. to use language that's derogatory. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. All right, so we recommend that, I think. Next week, we found a classic movie on Netflix, and we're going to... Our, our plan, Lord willing, is to do To Kill a Mockingbird. Dun, dun, dun. If you all want to watch that before our podcast comes on and you'll be able to follow along all right so signing off from worldview media podcast we'll see you next week until then go take dominion in the world of arts and entertainment for the sake of jesus amen bye bye thank you for listening to the worldview media podcast please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs>